Blog Talk Radio. Come back home to Africa. Come back home. 
You are now sitting live with the Divine Prince, Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author, and advisor, Elagun Oloye Hudu Obeya Bokur. You are also sitting and sharing now with my cousin, Oloye Ifawole Oladeji Ifantade, Chief Priest Baba Awo of the Ila Isese Oladeji Temple, Inner Consciousness spiritual center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And we are always sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a pan-African hoodoo world spiritualist perspective, understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veil, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, my reiteration, and it is my ever-living reality. All is a blessing is crucial to the very foundation of what I believe, how I think, how I operate, how I move, what my demonstration reveals, all is a blessing. And it's my personal place of power and understanding, the place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine, all-blessed reality. And so it is. Ashe. <laughs> Today is Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. And I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you now live, virtually, verbally, quantum, universally, from this working temple of the House of the Divine Prince. And, of course, my cousin Oloye is broadcasting from Ile Isese, Oladeji, Inner Consciousness Spiritual Center in the beautiful Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We are, as always, standing on great and mighty shoulders, those of those who came before, indeed, our ancestors. And on this Ose Ifa 
a day when we acknowledge this powerful system of divination, a day when we acknowledge Oshun and, and Yemaya and Olokun and, and Eshu, we always remember that our foundation is rooted in those who came before. It's rooted in, in, in our ancestors. It's rooted in our leaders who laid down this pathway for us in ATR religious tradition to give us power, to give us strength, to give us the ability to manifest that which we seek, need, and desire. Here and now, in this most present moment in time space, here and now in 2021, moving into 2022. I am, because my creators are, all powerful, open, and receptive to all that operates for my good. Here and now in this most present moment in divine time space, I create and recreate my reality that mirrors my best interest. I can release and let go of those things which impede my progress. The fire that dwells within consumes all but the truth. And for that, I am indeed grateful. We never lost connection to the spirit realm. We never lost connection to our ancestors. We never lost connection to those forces and those powers that support us, that lift us up, that continues to move us in the direction of divinity. Uh, Thank you, Tell It Like It Is. And, of course, I... Again, I want to welcome and greet each and every one of you individually, collectively. Thank you so much for finding the time in the middle of your day, high noon, U.S. Central Standard Time, to be here with us. I got a lot of feedback uh, about the show uh, yesterday, but also for the past week or so. People are greatly appreciative of you, Cousin. Oluye for being here with us. People are truly grateful for Denise being here with us um, when she has the opportunity to do so. And so um, I want to continue with not trying to necessarily control the dialogue of the show. I can't always have, you know, though I do, I always have a well-prepared backup script, which I can pull from and teach from and share from. But I'm finding that the shows where I don't sort of seek to do that rigidly tend to be our our, our better shows. So again, I'm always honored and grateful and appreciative for my co-hosts and those who find a way, find the time to be here with us in the middle of the day. And I invite you, please, to share your questions, your comments, Indeed, your request, Eva Orisha, greetings, beloved. I'm going to put the link once again in the chat. If you wish to turn on your webcam and and join us, and as long as we're not having any problems with Blog Talk Radio, you can reach me at area code eight four five two seven seven nine one four three eight four five two seven seven. 9143. Press the number one on your telephone keypad when you are ready with your question, comment, or request. And indeed, I will be more than happy to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. 
So before I bring my cousin on, I I, want to say some things. We've always had connection to the spirit realm. We've always had connection to our ancestors. Prayerfully, we all understand now that the lie that we lost our God, we lost our place, we lost our way, are just an illusion. And many of our belief systems went underground here in the New World, particularly here north of the the border. We were forced to carry our practices underground into secrecy, into mystery, for our very survival. But secrecy and mystery did not begin in the, in the Americas. Secrecy and mystery in ATR did not begin with colonization, with the, the missionaries. Now, I've spoken to many West Africans, Yoruba, Igbo, Khan, Fan, and in their opinion, there is necessarily no secrecy in West Africa around the traditions. And I believe what they mean by that is you're born into the practice, you're born into your lineage, you learn from birth what the ceremonies are, what the festivals are, what the um, season is in, in accordance to your um, to your lineage. The secrecy also is about protecting foolishness. And some of our long-term participants have heard me sort of say this before. Um, some of the things that I could say here, that Oye could say here, without acknowledging protocol, some of you would hurt yourself and would hurt other people if that, that, that range of knowledge, that range of information was free. It's also about protecting what is sacred. It's also about protecting what is intimate and a very personal um, walk and practice within the dynamics of these traditions. Some of us believe, uh, by way of enslavement and oppression, uh, that the traditions are being kept secret for control or for power or that there are those who would still not want to see uh, African-Americans gain access to an understanding um, of these traditions. So I welcome you to also share your opinion, your experience, your training, your awareness about the necessity, the purpose of this sacred secrecy and mystery within these traditions. So this is an interesting topic because I can take this topic in a few different ways. Please do. Let me start off by taking the topic in ancient tradition and also I'm going to use martial arts as an example. In the older methodologies of martial sciences, martial arts, mm-hmm. there is a platform by which you have to go through in order to even be accepted as a true student. So first, of course, you have to be introduced to the the leader, the teacher, whoever it is that you're dealing with. 
Once you do that, there's a process by which that uh, leader will then be testing you to mm-hmm. see just who you are and to see how you are showing up in order for them to see what level they might be to begin you at. But some may test you. Even if you come in with knowledge, they'll test you to see about your humility. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to take a step back in order to move forward? For some, they might start you where you're at if they deem that your spirit is in a good place. And for some, they might be testing you and something catches them off and they say, this is, if I have said, this is not the place for you. So then they might refer you to somebody else who might be in a better alignment with you. So first we have to get through the process of being accepted as a student under a particular babalao, uh, a luo, or, or whatever height. Once we get accepted in, it is all how you show up and are willing to do the other side of the work that will allow the teacher to see he's, he's humble enough to do maybe cleaning the house, or maybe he has to sweep this, or he has to hold this. Whatever it is that they have you to do, it's always with a purpose. And the question then becomes, is this particular person willing to go through these processes in order for them to deem that ready to go into the more higher levels and to receive the information? I want to be mindful of who I'm giving the information to. I want to be mindful of who they are so that they're not using this information in a way that's going to injure somebody else and, of course, injure themselves. So there's a process by which to go through that many of the elder Babalaos will take you through. Are you willing to learn aspects of the language? Are you willing to learn aspects of the culture? Are you willing then to put some other things aside that you know in order to focus on what is being shared with you? Once you do this, and this could take months, years, in order for that teacher to then say, okay, now I'm ready to begin this process of teaching you. Then you have to be careful because for some, you might make one mistake or two mistakes, and that teacher says, "Uh, I'm going to hold back from teaching this person for an extended period of time. It might be another few years, four or five years, before that elder then begins to teach you again. And now it's another test. Are you willing to wait until that elder now deems that you are ready and mature to accept this teaching again? So now, I don't know, and I won't say that it's all about secrecy, but it's all about testing accepted in that realm, in that in that place, then they slowly might begin to teach you different aspects. 
They might share with you things that everybody you can find on the internet, but they might not start sharing with you the intimate stuff that they want to really test to see who you are. And would you say that sort of the information highway, the, the internet, has that made that job more difficult for us or, or less difficult for us? For because each lineage, each lineage, each temple has a particular way that they do stuff. And for some, there's always this big argument of which way is right and which way is wrong. But it really only, it, it stems back to the particular house or lineage that you are a part of. So you always then go refer back to that lineage. So the internet helps in that it, it gives you different views of different people's perspectives, but it also hurts because for some, they'll be saying that this is the right and only way to do something. A lot of times it's not true. You can have on one block two or three uh, um, people that maybe are, are priests or, or followers, practitioners of a particular audition. And each particular place that you go to practices the tradition a little bit different. But none of them are said wrong. In this maybe house, this family maybe has, has practiced the tradition for hundreds of years, generation to generation. And in that, they have done things this way. But in this house, it might be a newer house, and they're in a different lineage. And in that lineage, maybe they have this, this, and this. And that is the way that you are learning how to do it. In that house over there, it might be a totally different, totally different way that they practice Maybe they came from a different place. They moved in there, but they came from a different park. So now the way that it is practiced over in that park within that family is different than the other two. Mm -hmm. So when you go to the house, you have to humble yourself to accept what they are doing and even take it as a learning uh, opportunity to say, wow, I never knew that that is, you know, that might be a part. I've heard, but maybe I've never seen it. We have to then humble ourselves that people practice the, the tradition in a different way, not so much what's right and wrong. It's that that lineage practices this way. And in the face of, again, the superhighway of information, um, almost daily I run into the story of I was with this house, but I'm no longer there. I had this set of godparents, and now they're no longer available. You know, whether the godparents passed on or, or whether there was some conflict. But um, sort of the ease in which we are able to sort of move in and out of various uh, platforms, various houses, gain access to, to, to varying degrees of information about specific paths and specific lineages, in my opinion, adds to sort of the confusion that we see in our community around what ATR is and how, how it should look like. What is the demonstration of that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, because there's so many different ways of doing it, even for some of the bigger names that are now sharing information 
uh, of Ifa here in America, they all have different lineages that they're from. And while they might practice this thing in one way, if you're from a different lineage, you still always have to re- resort back to the Babalao, the Anifa, Aluo, Aloye, that you are directly under. Because then when you go back and maybe visit out in Africa or uh, wherever else it might be, the lineage might, might be stemming from, you're going to be in alignment with that lineage. Even from doing Obi divination, Obi divination is extremely different from place to place and from temple to lineage, whatever. And so you could be watching somebody do Obi divination and watching them do Obi divination in your way, something means yes or no. But in theirs, you might have to do it two or three times in order for it to become a yes or a no. So you have to, you, you then have to sit back and you have to go, oh, wow, that's a totally different way of doing it. And, and trust that that person that is doing that for you, they, they're doing it in a way that is correct for their, for their, you know, for their lineage. The other part to it is even in, in some lineages, the way that the, number, the numbers of the Odus are set are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you also now may be in this particular lineage, one through, two, one through 256 looks like this, but in this lineage, 100, or, you know, 1 through 256 looks in this way. So now we just have to, to say, okay, the, the Obu is the Obu, but, you know, the way that they, they uh, group, the group, the, the, the Odus are just a little bit different, mm-hmm. you know. So regardless, if I, and these symbols come up, the, the binary symbols come up, I'm still going to this particular old group. The old do is the old group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in some, also, from place to place, different verses of that old do. You might not have some, certain verses over here than you have over here. So over time, then, do you begin to learn the verses from different places to put together so that you have even more information on a particular Odu and the Pataki, the stories that go inside of the Odu. Did you really take the time to study? Yes, yes. So, so how would you suggest then um, that people prepare themselves? Um, another common uh, comment that I get is, you know, what books do I read? Or I've read this set of books. You know, and, and and now how then do I, I move forward? I was taught by my elders, you really develop a relationship before you move forward, before you even start the quote-unquote initiatory process, uh, so that you do gain some sense of understanding about what's happening, even if you haven't quite grasped the language or, or the infinite details at, at this point. That is correct. And then what I would suggest is to get a listing of books that would be um, referred by your particular Babalao Alul so that maybe in their reading those particular books, it is similar or in alignment with the way that is practiced in your lineage or in your temple. It's okay to get the other books just to have a general reference. But you also got to be careful that 
when you're reading some of the books, you know, maybe some things might be a little bit off here or off there. So if you at least ask your own Babalao, a Yanifa, you know, uh, a loye, a rule, whatever, and they say, okay, why don't you get this book, this book, and this book? Then they have already read that book and will say, uh, I attest that if you read this book, it'll give you deeper understanding in the way that we practice in, in our particular temple. I agree. I, I have a, a laundry list of books that I uh, share and uh, email to the people that I'm working with just for that very reason. I also, I'm getting feedback from you, bro. Turn your volume down a little bit. Um, I am also, um, oh, wow, that's distracting. I also um, find it important that people expose themselves to more than one lineage, to more than one uh, way of doing things. I, I find that that also aids the understanding of, of what's happening and the process. It also helps, in my opinion, to sort of demonstrate that difference from path to path, lineage to lineage, house to house. Because indeed, you're going to see that mirrored um, in what shows up, you know, in, in the book. So often when I'm asked, you know, what should I read? I, first, I say read everything. Uh, read everything. Uh, good, bad, right or wrong, left to the right. It, 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 again, helps to sort of clarify what's available, what's out there, what's being said, and, and then again, what's consistent. Um, then I sort of provide the books specific to what we're working on. Uh, I'm, I'm naturally not going to give, you know, the first, second, third grade senior level books. Um, so we might start out with understanding what OB is and how that works. We might start out with understanding um, just the basic dynamics of uh, ancestors. But I find that some of my, my, my clients, they want so much upfront, really quick, before they even understand the dynamics of the language. Um, one told me that they wanted to go deeper. I said, well, what do you mean deeper? Well, I want to go into the magic. Well, beloved, this is the magic. You know, mm-hmm. there is no magic without the ancestors, without the foundation, without the beginning, without understanding how to communicate um, with the spirit realm in, in an effective and efficient way. But I find just like my narrative about shopping for toothpaste, the Internet just provides so many outlets for people to explore and to be curious and to sort of wander down pathways in and around ATR. But there's not a whole lot of guidance. There's not like a book, one book that you can, you know, read and says, this is how it's done. Particularly in the environment that you eloquently describe, where different lineages just like different houses. Your gumbo might not taste like my gumbo. You know, mm-hmm. you might not put certain ingredients in your, uh, in your gumbo that might be in my gumbo. But there's a basic formula to what gumbo is. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that applies universally. So that, for me, that, that's often a challenge. Um, you know, the session sort of being interrupted with, okay, but so-and-so said, but this book said, but then I talked to another reader, and they said, 
And so there is a point where you get confused when you're getting too much information. There's a teaching in the church about sitting under too many pastors, visiting too many churches, and, and losing your clarity. Mm-hmm. And so I'm finding that now demonstrated in ATR, and particularly with us, African-Americans, who don't have that, that system already in place, who don't necessarily have a relationship with you or I or, 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 or these communities. And so they mm-hmm. are seeking to understand in books. They are seeking to understand uh, by, by the way of the Internet. And, and often they're coming up very confused or deciding they're going to sort of just do their own thing, just establish their own rules, just just, just follow their own uh, spirit, they might tell you, their own feeling, they might tell you. So sometimes I find it challenging to explain that the, I, I like the word secrecy, um, the mysteries are, are not just about keeping you away from the information or the source, but one, protecting you. From, from foolishly using or applying or repeating or duplicating something that you don't even understand. Uh, but, but two, understanding and understanding at, at, at a deep level what we're doing at all. I can't tell you how, how many clients come and say, well, they gave me a hand to EFA, but they can't explain what that is or, or what took place. Well, I went and I had a cleansing done, but they can't tell you what that was. They can't tell you what was said. I, I just know I had it done, and I threw more money at it. You know, so that that component of education is critical to me. That, mm-hmm. That's why we do these broadcasts. And some people aren't happy. Some people find them boring. Some people find it too academic. But without that understanding, you can never gain full access to these traditions and operate, you know, within them authentically. And one more thing I want to add before I pass the mic is using our technology to access people like yourself, Aluos and Babalaos in Nigeria, uh, practitioners, uh, you know, of Akan in, in Ghana, really mm-hmm. reaching out to the community. As I said, we had to develop a relationship first before I was allowed in. So being able to develop relationships with the community that you seek and you desire. I also want you to speak to how people determine lineage. Is it necessary for everybody to go to Cuba? Is it necessary for everybody to go to Oyo or Sopo? How, how, how do you determine that? Very good question. So as people might know, I always give honor to my, uh, to my own particular Luo, uh, Oba, um, Isaac from Sopo. Right, uh, and I always give honor to him uh, uh, as the founder of Ilayala Orisha Temples. The man went out to Africa almost 30 times. He went out 28, 29 times, and stayed for months at a time in order to be learning the information from the el- most elder people in many, many different ways. So. Here in America, there are many that have gone out to Africa and done extensive study. The knowledge is here in the United States by many of the elders here that have practiced this tradition for many, many years. Now, 
Do you wish to do it in the way of Cuba, Lukumi? Do you wish to do it in Santeri? Do you wish to do it in Condoble? Do you wish to do it Isheshe, which is more of the traditional way without influence of Christianity, Catholicism, or anything else? First, you have to know the difference in each of these, these, these realms. Once I know the difference, I might say, I want to do it from Isheshe. I want to do it without the influence of anything else. Great. That means in my beginning research, I want to look for temples that embody Isheshe. Not doing Cuban this or Cuban that. I want Isheshe. If I want to do Lukumi and have maybe... Uh, a spat, that, that flavor, I'm going to find a temple that has to do more with Lukumi. But then I have to know the difference between them. So now, maybe in Lukumi, they are doing warriors. In Isheshe, they don't do warriors. So now, do I want this particular perspective where I'm getting warriors when I walk through the door, or am I going in this perspective where Orisha will come as the five dictated to come. Do I want on this side, do I want maybe the way that they practice and that they teach? Or do I want on Isheshe where they are teaching in this format? So first I have to now know which way, which determine which way. And it's almost like if I went to a church, do I want Methodist, Episcopalian, do I want Baptist? Do I want Southern Baptist? Do I want Church of God? Do I want Church of God in Christ? Once I determine which one that I want, then I begin to look in that direction. Then once I find that house, first I got to do my research within that house. Do I feel comfortable with the Babalao, with the Aluo, uh, with the Aloye of that temple? I'll get to know the people in the temple. Mm-hmm. Well, the people in the temple, do they treat me graciously? Do they treat me well? Do they treat me with dignity and respect? How do they treat the Aluo, the Babalao, the Aloya? Do they treat him with dignity and respect? Do they feel like they're being taught well? Do they feel like the, the person in charge is actually sharing information? Are there classes that are available? What is about, what is going on in that particular ile? If I find that there's really nothing going on with that ile, I might find another ile that has certain things going on that will allow me to have a, 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 a more of an opportunity to, to learn different, different things. It is all about that. No, I was going to say, and so do, do you start over at that point? Because it's my understanding, you know, as you already stated, you follow the protocols of the house, the lineage right. in which you're entering. So just because you, you know, didn't find favor with one house and decided you want to move on to the next does not necessarily mean that you're going to just be accepted. Correct. And the other question that you asked about starting over. I'll use martial arts again as an example. In martial arts, if a person came to me from a totally different art, 
They have core movements that are going to resemble the core movements that we do if they were taught correctly. Mm-hmm. Now it is adjusting the core movements that they have to the particular way that we might do it in our art. It be the same way there. If you have and knew something about Obi Divination, now it's me sharing with you Obi Divination in the way that we do it in this lineage. Mm-hmm. If you know Olutamare means supreme being or whatever owner, you know, then you're going to always have that definition. But let's just say there was a deeper definition. Now you might learn different meanings or more depth in depth mm-hmm. about this, maybe than you learned over there, because it's all according to who the particular uh, Babalao, Aluo, Aloye is in terms of maybe how far they can go in the future. But always, if they are still in alignment with the one who taught them, not only do you have them, but now you have that step higher. And maybe now you don't just have the step higher, you have a step even higher than that. So for me, maybe, okay, you come in, you have me, but you then also tie in to Kabiese Epigbeme. Then when you tie into Kabiese Epigbeme as the Oba of our lineage here, then maybe you still also have others that you can tap into. But if you have Oba, the Oba, usually you have the highest source in that lineage. So now you then begin to say, great, now I had this, I'm growing in this. Maybe I didn't learn this, now this is being taught to me. So now maybe you're starting over, but you're not starting over from totally beginning. You're starting over from a different level of beginning because you already had knowledge. You're just beginning on a different place and a different temple in a different lineage. Yeah. And Mama Yeye used to say, baby, that is now a part of your ebo. Because mm-hmm. well, I don't want to have to start over. I don't want to have to relearn. I, but it's no different than gaining friends, right. finding a date, learning how to get along with your coworkers at the, at the new place of, of work, you know, that, that communication and relationship building has mm-hmm. to happen. Um, and just like church, I find that people, you know, often show up in distress, and then you show up at whatever church you are familiar with or, 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 or you see first. And sometimes we see that even in ATR. You know, <laughs> as you said, well, they're popular or they have a, a, a whole lot of followers, you know, in a particular location. But we have to be willing to do some work. I know y'all don't like that word. Some homework. I know y'all don't like that word some research, and you have to have some basic understanding of what you're getting into, whether you're choosing a church, a university, a school. People do much more research about a university than they do in choosing an ELA or a spiritual house. And, and then are shocked when they run into some kind of problem or complication. Welcome. Greetings, beloved. Yes, I, I, I think you've made some very valid um, points. Um, it's all about a consumer, you know, like being a good consumer, right? If we go out to look for a car, then we're going to be like having looked at uh, all of the stuff in the car. I've heard people say, I want this car because it only it, it has this, 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 and this. And I always wanted that 
others, they haven't done that research and they're only looking out the outside of the car. Mm -hmm. So now they're only looking at the aesthetics of the car, but not the inner workings of the car. So now I share to research doing the, the, the other side, not just the aesthetics, but the inner workings of the particular realm or the, the particular lineage or the particular way that you want to practice the tradition. I want to know that inside particulars, if I want to do it from a Lukumi perspective, and then I want to know some of the inner workings as best as I can from what, from if I would desire to do from Ishashet. And then once I hear the foundation of the inner workings, I can even make a better determination on which direction is going to be more in alignment to what I want for how to practice this tradition. And how, um, another common question, how, again, do African-Americans in particular access some of these houses, access some of these elays, um, and find authenticity? I'm it's, it's a very good at. question. Yeah. yeah, it's a very good question because for some, you know, you you don't know some of your even your own closest people who are practicing the tradition. You might look out for little things. Yeah. You know, does every you know, you look at this here. This is Ide, right? Ide gives you the 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 thing. Uh, this person is practicing tradition, right? But if I look at this Ide, this Ide tells me that they're doing from more of the Ishashe. And if it was green and yellow, it would tell me that they're doing more from the Cuban perspective. So now I'm looking at that and I'm saying, okay, this person is in the, the tradition. Maybe I can ask them, do you happen to know uh, somebody who I see you doing maybe from this perspective. Do you know somebody who's doing it from this perspective? And a lot of times, people are knowledgeable about both sides. They, they're knowledgeable about maybe I do it from this, but there's a person down the street that's doing it from that. Mm -hmm. That might give you the, the, the ability to begin. To begin, Right? Yes, some elays are on the internet, some elays are not. So sometimes you can look up and find that, okay, there, there's a temple here, uh, there's a Baba Lao close. Or sometimes you got to just take a chance and call a couple of Baba Laos and say, I live in this area. Or even if you don't live in the area, many of us have people that are around the country that we that we have, that we're working with and stuff like that. So we, we then have to, uh, we then begin the process of, of, um, of, of, okay, great. I'll check out with these people and see if my spirit resonates. See if my spirit resonates with them. And if my spirit resonates with them, I'll be maybe even in a better place to begin to at least uh, looking into working with them. One of my godchildren um, 
asked me last night, and, and she's in the room, why are people still practicing, practicing in secret in 2021? You know, and, and, and we had a long conversation about it, and we talked about the past in a time where we could have lost our life, where we could have been lynched, you know, for operating in these traditions. But she really wants an answer, and I'm asking the community, why, why do we still feel a need to hide or operate in these traditions in secrecy in 2021? Well, in part, right, because people look at this tradition and they look at it in such a negative way, they're always talking negatively about what it is that, that we're doing. Why? Because they've been so embedded with or taught that, you know, if it's not done uh, in this particular way in terms of another religion, then any other view is wrong. So they, may, they might not have, there's not the, the overall universal uh, perspective of, of the creator. So because maybe I choose to practice in this African sense, then this person over there, because they're practicing maybe Christianity or whatever they're practicing, because their book says the only way to God is through this way, then, you know, you have to, you know, you, you begin to look at, at this stuff and go, okay, uh, I don't want to be condemned. I don't want to have to be having arguments and fighting over how I choose to practice and worship the creator. That's, that's one of the main things that I find mm-hmm. in, in my experience with, with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even in the faith. Yeah, and, and some of you might find my answer maybe a little bit judgmental. Uh, and I don't mean to be judgmental, but it might come off that way. But there's, there's still so many of us who are trying to walk fences like cats. And so, you know, we're going to church on Sunday, but then on Monday we're at the Ile or we're at the Hoodoo House or we're at the Voodoo Practitioner. And, and that's got a, as uh, Kevin suggested, there's a fear of being condemned by your family, your, your, your present religious community. Um, and I teach, and, and Arisha will share that, Neil Fight Bokor will share that, Chief uh, Bougie will share that. I teach that as you learn the language of what you're doing, when you better understand what you're doing and you can speak that truth to life, then it makes it that much easier for you to share or teach or expose that energy, that information to, to your mama, your grandmama, your best friend. But if you can't say what you're doing, if you can't speak to what you're doing with any amount of clarity, then we can't expect people to understand beyond what's in the books or on TV, you know, or, or in the movies, which has all thought to sort of demonize and segregate, you know, these traditions in, in many ways. So I and I'll tell you this also. It's all as well. People are always watching. They're always watching how you live. I think I shared with the, with the audience in the past. Every step that I take, every word that I make, every breath that I take, all of that, it is people watching who you are and what it is that you represent. I then, for most people, are the first representative of a fire that they have ever seen in their life. So therefore, when they're seeing me and they're watching me, all of these things, 
they then are, staying, are, are making their own determination of what the tradition is. That's right. So in everything that we do, we are the tradition. We are walking representatives of, what, of who and what it is that we're supposed to be representing. So now, if we want to have people think good about the tradition, it's all about the way that we walk and talk and embody the tradition. I, I absolutely agree with that 100%. Uh, and, and that's why I, sometimes I speak about how you all are demonstrating ATR in your own lives, but also in, in social media. And, and some of the things that we see being done, how, how elekis are handled uh, by some people, um, doing otherwise sacred things in very profane um, scenarios, you know, the, those things come back not to just sort of cause people to sort of question you and your behavior and what you might be demonstrating, but it ultimately affects all of us. And there are indeed those among us who are still trying to learn, who are still trying to see our mm-hmm. demonstration and, and, as my cousin said, make a, a sound uh, decision based on our demonstration. I also like uh, what you said about uh, finding and Ile, you know, sometimes it's about how things are taught, how things are shared. Uh, and I have many people, you know, come to me with, with the hand of Ifa that say that no one explained things to them the way that I did. No one broke things down to them the way that I did. And, and that takes me back to my original theme. Is, is that really about secrecy? Is that really about maintaining or keeping the mystery, or is it, as my cousin um, described, you not being given access to a deeper level of understanding because your angst and anxiety and desire to move too quickly and desire to do things far beyond, you know, your, your, your knowledge base is too strong. And we can often pick that up. We can often detect that. One of the most interesting email requests I get is the one that starts out, it's an emergency, I need help, it's urgent, and then they spend a whole page convincing me of their expertise in these systems. Mm-hmm. As a Labor Day Virgo, my first response is, why you need me? Mm-hmm. You know too much, why you need me? You already got it down. You, you already think you understand. But then when I started questioning, you know, I was with this house, didn't work. I was with that house, didn't work. I was with this teacher, didn't work. So I think people underestimate our job as readers to, to figure out sometimes in a matter of seconds, minutes, what's needed, what's really being asked of us. And, and then what we should be sharing. Sometimes the client just want to talk. I'll let them talk. Mm-hmm. But often, like many of you in this room, you want knowledge. You mm-hmm. want information. You want commitment, you know, from, from a church, from a pastor, from a, from an ELA, from a voodoo house. So um, I think that's very important in, in this discussion about mm-hmm. 
You know what, though? One thing that we do really have to study is the definition of works. What is a babalao? What is a babalao? A babalao is yeah. a father of the secrets. Awo, secrets. Babalao, father of the secrets. That means there is responsibility for those that have been elevated to become babalao, to be protecting those things that are delicate in the in, in this knowledge and not allow it out to people who are going to deem it and use it in a way that is not going to be in alignment with holding this practice well. And that's from our lineage, anyway. From our lineage, with Tabiese, we are very, uh, it's, it's very, it's critical that as Baba Lau, that we are making sure of who we're giving what to. And if they're going to walk in alignment with the information that is given. And so we have to look at what the responsibilities of a particular person is. I agree. you know, I often hear I, I received this or I gain access to that through a Bible it, And it, it doesn't quite add up to what I understand that responsibility is of, of that position. I hear the same thing um, from Hogan's and, and, and Mambo's. Uh, there's a thinning of the lines, if you will, in terms of responsibility in this present pop cultural interest in, in our tradition. Um, people who do everything, which doesn't quite line up with what I was taught, happens in the community. Uh, you have people who are very specific to the children of Kabibse, that are very specific to the children of Arula, that are very specific to the children of, of Yemaya. And as a community, they, I was taught they work together. So you might be referred to one practitioner or another, one house or another, one line lineage or, or another, to have very specific work done that that house, that power, those Orisha might understand. Uh, I was taught that that uh, uh, Baba Laos didn't technically work in Orisha. Uh, and I want you to speak to that, that they are committed to uh, Orula, Orumula. And, and, and once you rise to that level, your role is completely different from that of a voodoo priest or an Orisha mm-hmm. priest. You know, or, or even an EA Nifa or, or, or a Mambo. And so I think that has a lot to do with sort of this Western notion that we have about being self-made, self-taught. I can do it all. I don't need anybody, you know, including a community. And I'm very reliant on my community. I'm quick to call. I'm quick to refer. If you want to get your dialogue right and your language right, I refer them to my cousin. If, if you got female issues, women issues that I can't address, I'm going to refer you to Denise, or I'm going to refer you to, to uh, um, someone qualified, you know. But we see this, you know, all-seeing, all-knowing practitioner in, in social media who, who seems to do everything and, and everything magically. How is that taught and explained from your perspective in your lineage? Okay, so if we go by particular lineage, in my lineage, we're fortunate. Yoba Tabiese has studied 
significant Orisha, uh, as well as Ifah. So in our lineage, we are blessed that he is able to do many different Orisha initiations for people. But it's not the common. The common of, of a lot of the temples is that maybe the Babalao is in specific just doing the Ifah. Although he might be initiated mm-hmm. to different Orisha for his own uplifting and, and the need to fill in some things, he might be initiated to certain Orisha. But in that lineage, many times, the specific Orisha priest who has been taught the specificity of the work in that particular Orisha we then send somebody to, if we are doing initiation, let's say this person needs to initiate to Oshun. And we have people that were taught in our lineage that truly just work Oshun. And that is their specialty. They know how to do all of the ritual work. They know how to do the, all of the worship practices. Then we send them to them for the full initiation under their guidance. Right? So now, then they are able to work with that initiate that that priestess or priest in order to lift them up and be teaching them from ground zero all the way up, and they still stay in the lineage with the the lineage head. So they're still in the lineage, but now they are really work learning to work that audition. So for some. If they have maybe Babalao, a Lua, a Loye, that have the knowledge of Orisha that has the, the ritual permission, the blessing to be able to initiate people or to give the, the, uh, the Orisha to someone, then maybe that, uh, that priest will then be able to do these these initiations as well. It all is according to who you're under and the lineage that you're under as to how they do it. Uh, Craig Burns, I don't quite understand your question. It's, it's the wording. Is it possible to embrace voodoo without accepting the given individual understanding? Kazan, do you, get, do you understand that? I need you to rewrite your question. Yeah, go ahead. Is is it possible to embrace Google without accepting the the given? What I believe he's asking is, is it it possible to accept, to embrace Google without uh, knowing or receiving or understanding or being able to embrace the whole, the totality of it? So I would say... In, in, in not embracing the totality to it, you're only therefore embracing the aspects that you can you could possibly know. You can't embrace something that you don't know. So can you embrace it? Yes, you can embrace it, but of course there's limitations to the embracing of it at that particular point. As you go on in wisdom and knowledge and understanding and learning and growing, then you just begin to continue to embrace and receive those things. But we're human. 
some things we might not be willing to embrace. So now you have to make a determination on if it's for you or if it's not. Yeah, if, if that's what, what you're asking, um, Craig, I agree with what Cousin said. Um, if you come to the table, to, to whether it be voodoo, ifa, santeria, condable, with your own understanding, you might find it very difficult to, to find a babalao, a lua, a mambo, a hogan that is going to work with you. Um, for me personally, um, particularly when, when that own understanding goes against the tradition. For, for example, my only understanding about voodoo might be American Horror Story. Well, that's not accurate. That, that, that's, that's not what we do in a tradition. So as a practitioner, if we're reading your question correctly, can I, can I then continue to work with that person, uh, attempting to teach them the truth and authenticity of the practice while they remain in their own personal understanding, um, as a therapist, that doesn't jive. That's just like you and your wife. You're in a marriage, um, but you have your own understanding, and you refuse to open up, surrender, maybe hear your wife's perspective of, of, of things. Well, then that marriage is not going to work. That relationship is not going to last. And it doesn't mean you all have to always agree, but there has to be some understanding. And I have to understand you enough to know why we don't agree. I understand your position. Well, she feels this way. Well, he has this understanding. But I see things a little bit differently. Well, well, that's different if you're discussing the dinner menu. But when I look at voodoo and ifa, um, I see sacred science, and I think the community resists the fact that it's science involved, that there's math involved, that there's quantum metaphysics involved, and it's not sort of this random gumbo pot of feelings and emotions and, and, and what I feel and what I think and what I need. It, it's, it's just not. And, and neither is psychic reading, tarot card reading, ruin reading. If you understand those traditions authentically, those symbols have codes, have meanings, have numbers that, as my cousin said earlier, are legendary, historic, built into a house, a family, a lineage. So there's always a child who comes up, you know, in any generation who says, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to follow the, the family business. I don't want to go into the family way of doing things. I, I want to go out in the world and do my own thing. I was one of those kids. I didn't have a choice. I, I had to leave my house because of the violence and, and, and the wickedness that was going on. But in doing so, I had to accept responsibility that now I'm out here on my own. And I've got to figure out and navigate this world and, and these streets and make that make sense, Craig, based on my own individual understanding. So if you come from a place of mistrust, Okay, so now I'm going to carry that mistrust out into the world, and I'm going to look at everybody skeptically, even if they don't deserve that. So when we bring that now into voodoo or spirituality and religion or practice, I think if a person has a, a, a specific and unique understanding, you should do that. 
don't try and enforce it on me. No more than I would try and, you know, change what my cousin does and get him to do it the way I'm doing it in voodoo. And he wouldn't do it the same thing. And we don't expect to always agree, you know, on topics. But I think when you're talking about developing that relationship, parent, child, sibling, a luau, and, 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 and godchild, and, and initiate, you know, avaricia, there has to be some, some rules of engagement. There has to be some protocols. Um, when I was growing up in school, um, some of you know my dad was an eighth grade dropout, but he was a master of numbers. And to this day, I still don't know how he could add up mortgages and car notes and all that stuff in his head without a calculator or a piece of paper. But it was a conflict, especially in elementary school, because I was being taught math one way at school. And then I'd come home and then he'd fuss and complain and bitch and act crazy because I didn't understand and then when I needed some assistance in the understanding, he expected me to do it the way he did, without ever teaching that, without ever explaining, you know, what that process is. So I think it's really important that in, in understanding and in getting the understanding, be sure that you're honest, be sure that you're authentic, be sure that you're open to really gaining uh, an understanding. And, and as I said, if you have the understanding that you're now trying to come, you know, to this house or that house or this Elay or that Elay, that can be problematic. And so I encourage those people to forge ahead, do what you will, but, but we can't enforce our rules on other people, our understanding on other people. Does that make sense that I go too far with that cousin? <laughs> you did all right. <laughs> okay. Yes. You did all right. Lola Noble says chemistry too when it involves mixing a recipe. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I might know how to make cornbread. You might not know how to make cornbread. And we may not make cornbread the same way. But there's a basic recipe for cornbread. And, and if that's not applied, uh, you got something else. And it, ain't, and it ain't quite cornbread. <laughs> you know, my cake might rise. Your cake might not. We, we both try to make a cake. But that chemistry, as Lola Noble, that word, I think that's important when we look at these traditions of, of Lukumi, Santeria, Candable, Maria Leonza, Sante, Voodoo. There is indeed a recipe, and it's not as random and eclectic as it appears to you on the outside. Um, there's a certain way of an order of doing things. And I think we all still, maybe not all of us, but we all still suffer to some degree with, hey, mom, greetings, beloved. Um, we all still suffer to some degree with the pre-programming. So we've been programmed to see the world in a certain way and often through Eurocentric eyes. We've been taught to see church in, in a certain way, you know, based on what Bible that church is using and who produced that Bible, you know. And so we then decide that's not working for me, and I, I now want to go into ATR. But we still have this background video playing. So 
by which we're sort of filtering our learning and our, and our uh, journey through. As we gain access to this new information and these new practices and these new traditions, and so there's a part of us that expects it to be as simple as come as you are. There's some of us that expect it to be as simple as, well, church is free. No, it's not, but it appears to be free. <laughs> you know, you can go in, you, and maybe it's not a ticket taker at the door. But, but if you join a church, especially these, these mega churches, um, they got your tax ID number, beloved. But your, your, your tithe uh, is taken out automatically. I, I know churches that got ATMs in them. So it's not free. It's an illusion of freeness. And then there's those who say, well, I never go to church. All I need is my Bible, and I can do it at home. And, you know, I don't need a leader or guidance. You know, I don't need that, that fellowship of, of the community. You know, we, we find all kind of ways in Western culture to justify separation, isolation, um, sort of an individualism that's, that's not always healthy and in our best interest. And then when you ride until the, the wheels fall off and you find yourself out in the middle of a desert, um, then we're screaming bloody murder. Why? And, and somebody come help me and, and rescue me. So it, it's a challenge, at least for me, beloved, uh, with, with this sort of modern take on, I don't need a teacher. I don't need a, a, a babalao. I don't need an oluo. I don't need a, a mambo. I don't need an ianifa. Just point me to the right books. Just give me the right links on the internet, you know. And then when I see the fruits of that, oh my goodness, the fruits. Cousin, I've had people, I don't want to call any names because a few of these people are in and out of the group. But I've had people come, spend maybe 30 days, 60 days, 90 days with me. And then the next thing you know, they're selling services. They're, they're an expert reader. They're, they're making magical black soap. They, they string in elakis, you know, and, 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 and sending them to people, you know, only to come back and apologize. And, and this conversation isn't about the apology. It's about the coming back with all this stuff. And when they're honest about it, when they're willing to be honest and admit to me, yeah, they, they, they've invited all kind of demons into their life, all kind of gin into their life. They've started doing services and doing readings, and now they're now they scared. You know, now I might have something on me, you know, and, and, and it has to do with these shortcuts that we want to take to development within these, these traditions. Um, in your experience, do you, do you run into that? The, the, the God child who comes and, and rather than sort of moving on from you and maybe finding a more appropriate Elay for themselves personally, they decide they're going to, they're going to do it all. Now. Yeah. We've, we've all run into to, uh, those things. And the only thing that you can do to be honest with you, as I've learned to do is to step back and show grace. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to be responsible for their thinking. They're responsible for their thinking and their actions. And if they're looking at it like everybody has come with their own destiny, then part of their destiny sounds like there's a specific lesson that they have to learn 
about rushing and moving too fast. So I don't look down on them. I don't, you know, wish bad things on them. If it does hurt my feelings and hurts my heart, I step back and take the time to find out what it is about it that hurts my feelings and my mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. And then that I, I allow that to be able to, to let them go. They have a lesson that they have to learn. And if they're willing to come back and humble themselves and they're willing to come back and at least acknowledge that they made an error, mm-hmm. then we just have to see how things go from there as to whether they're going to be able to come back as a student or they need to continue going and I recommend them to go someplace else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's all about it's a lesson. There's, there's a significant lesson. We don't know each other's destiny. We don't know what it is that we've come here and how the lessons are going to manifest themselves. We do know by the old dues that come out for a person, what Ifa says that they should do, mm-hmm. maybe what they did in the past, and maybe how to begin moving. But to be perfectly honest, it's all about that person at this time in this temporal realm and the choices and decisions and the actions that they make that's going to maybe allow things to move forward smoothly or move things in a rocky way. And the only thing that we can do is continue to be who we're supposed to be. We have work to do as spiritual leaders. And the errors that we might make illuminate tremendously large. And most people are not willing to even, uh, um, I want to say, accept our challenges as humans. They don't want to forgive us for the challenges that we have. So we are even on like this tightrope of we can't make this mistake over here, but we're still spiritual beings living human experience. And we're still going to make errors at times in judgment, in 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 steps, in in words, whatever the case might be. And it's those who are not willing to show grace that we have to be careful. That's right. That's right. I, I like that word, grace. That, that, that same word came up in, in the last episode, grace. You know, rather than curse, show grace. Rather than try and rebuke, show grace. Never than try and, rather than try and judge, show grace. Um, and, 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 and in our position, you know, and I don't know if you were sort of referencing that with your last statement, but in our position, we aren't often given a whole lot of grace. Mm-hmm. And we are expected to be perfect. We're expected to be superhuman. We're expected to be divine, like the low eye in the, in the Orisha. Uh, I'm expected to, to answer my phone at 3 o'clock in the morning and, 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 and just let you in. You know, there's no acknowledgement sometimes of our humanity. You know, and that we are, even as practitioners or ministers or healers, this is a part of our our journey. And sometimes we're working through our own ego uh, by way of what we do, you know, as as leaders, you know, within ministry. 
I think that's one reason why Mama Yeye, um, may she rest in the room, why she used to say, you know, that is now your ebo. That is now your sacrifice. And indeed, in a, in a, in a, in a normal life, whether you're practicing any religion or not, uh, we make a great deal of sacrifices in, in the process of learning, growing, evolving. So you date one and it doesn't work out, and, and so you date the next. So you, you find one job and it doesn't work out and you learn from that and then you move on, you know, to the next. But when it comes down to the leaders, often um, we're not given a whole lot of space to be human. Sometimes I'm just tired. Orisha will tell you that. Sometimes I'm just exhausted. My, my mother will tell you that. Um, and, and I do feel a sense of commitment and responsibility sometimes to pushing you know, my own human in, endurance past a certain point. And I can't be available to you if I'm not available to me. But but I think it, it, it makes it, you know, not a good thing, though, when, you know, I'm exhausted, tired, tense, you know, and then I carry that into my into my session. Holistic. Um, yeah. It's a holistic thing. And if we're not practicing this, in a holistic standpoint, a holistic fashion, then we're going to not be healthy. Our goal is to find and, and to bless people to try to to become healthy in all areas of their life, right? And if we're not healthy ourselves, we can't expect to share some with somebody how they can become healthy in their life. So we have to take care of ourselves physically. We have to find rest when we need need rest. We have to eat appropriately. We have to be able to, you know, when other things are out of balance in our body, we got to be able to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. We have to be able to get the appropriate, even Western medicine, as much as we don't like it, we have to combine the Western and the Eastern, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So now we got to go to the doctor to get appropriate medication in order for us to bring back into balance what we need to do. We have to be able to exercise and to walk and to be able to be healthy and breathe and all of those things. And then mentally, we have to now have good mental health. We talked about that extensively the other day. Mental health is everything for ourselves and then also for others who are around us. And then emotional health. The emotions, how do we... Deal with our emotions. Everybody has a right to be hurt, angry, upset. Everybody has that right. But how do you deal with it when you when you when you are? Are you lashing on people? Are you yelling and screaming and, and, and hurting people? Or are you able to now come to grips with your feelings and handle them in an appropriate way? And then spiritual health. What are we doing for our spiritual health? Are we doing our our prayers every day? We might not do it the same way, and we might not do it in the same format. Mm -hmm. But really, at the end of the day, are you just giving honor to the Creator? If you have certain orisha, are you honoring your orisha? Are you honoring your ancestors? Are you honoring, you know, are you, are you giving honor to that which is 
in, in what you're trying to, to, to grow to be. So the health, the holistic health, what are we eating? I could be eating, but I could be eating garbage. And then by eating garbage, it's affecting all the other areas of my physical health. It is, it's also affecting my, my, my mental health if I'm not eating in an appropriate you know, manner and good food that's bringing the appropriate nutrition. So holistic, everything that we do has to be looked at from a holistic manner that's going to allow us the opportunity to fully be able to heal. And those who now have, who now are those who are supposed to be healers or priests or whatever, you even got a bigger responsibility to be working on your mental health and your physical health and your emotional health. And yes, of course, your spiritual Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. 100%. Um, some people don't like us to talk about mental health. Some people have convinced themselves that uh, even the discussion of mental health, even those words are somehow uniquely Eurocentric. They don't seem to understand that when you talk about la vetette, when you talk about ori, you, you're talking about mental health, <laughs> you know, and that it's a key component to these indigenous practices and traditions. Uh, we look at the indigenous Americans and their use of quartz crystal and their ability to navigate, you know, the dream state, if you will. Again, it's about mental health and consciousness. And you can't be imbalanced, you know, from the neck up. You can't be imbalanced, you know, at, at the heart level. You can't be imbalanced in your body and not have that show up somewhere in your life, in your work, in your children, in, in your environment. So it's a critical dynamic to traditional and, and indigenous uh, practices that I, I feel are still not talked enough about today um, in, in this climate that we live in. And, and again, reinforcing that distinction. I'm not talking about pharmaceuticals. I'm not talking about getting on industrialized medications. I'm not talking about, you know, even necessarily following all the specific ways that the system addresses mental health. But there's in, indeed a component of mental health, which, which is part of the foundation of these traditions that is not being given enough attention by the pop cultural interest in, in these practices. Because again, it comes up in Odus, too. There's certain Odus that talk about the mental health of this person needing to have, needing to be corrected, needing, needing help, needing assistance. It talks about physical health. There's Odus that come up and say, this, you got, this person got to go to a doctor fast. There's Odus that come up to speak about emotional health. When you work on your ORE diligently, it helps, it assists, to bring clarity. It assists to bring a, a you know, uh, a help, a, a, a way of looking at things from a, a very good standpoint. Your mental health and your ORE are tied in 100%. Yes. 100%. You got to work on your ORE or whatever it is that you call in whatever tradition that you do. You have to work on your oil. 
When you wake up in the morning, you hold your ori. When you wake up in the morning, you're giving thanks for another day. When you hold your ori, you're giving honor, praise. This is your direct portal. This is your direct portal to have your, your ori to be in alignment with Olubamare, with the, the, with, with the creator, with, with that. And then when you're speaking, it, it is your intentionality, your intentional prayers. You have to have intentional prayers in order for things to manifest. Yeah. It's like that law of attraction. I'm speaking out what I want to be to, to come back to me. So I'm speaking these words in a way where the creator says, you know, where, where the universe, the creator, whatever you want to call it, is going to manifest that within me. So, Ori, 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 nothing can manifest without the consent of your Ori. Nothing. If your Ori is not in alignment with that which you desire, then it's not going to manifest for you. You're going to find if this person is not in alignment with your Ori, the relationship's not going to work. If the job is not in alignment with your Ori, you're going to get consistent messages. You need to leave this place and go to another. If your Ori is not in alignment with where you're living, either the state, the city, the apartment, the house, whatever it is, you're not going to have rest. You're not going to have peace. I can put a million dollars in both hands, but if your Ori ain't in alignment, it won't benefit you. And, and the benefit, benefit will be very temporary. That's correct. We, we talk about this all the time. I think there's, uh, again, in sort of our desire for a more magical approach, we often end up focusing on material. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm doing well because I drive a Lexus. Well, I'm doing well because I live in a half-million-dollar house. Well, I'm doing good because I, I've got one of the best jobs, you know, in the city. We, we have all these exterior goalposts that we, we use to sort of justify what success looks like, even what mm-hmm. happiness looks like. Well, well, you have everything. Why should you be depressed? You and your husband own, you know, so much. Why would you be sad? And, but you got to find out where happiness stems from. A lot of people are not looking at happiness from within. They're looking at happiness externally rather than internally. So when you don't have the internal happiness or you're fighting and striving to, 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 make, to get or maintain internal happiness, then external happiness is always going to be a challenge. Many relationships go through trials, tribulations, obstacles, and endings because one in that relationship do not have internal happiness and peace. And they expect to receive it from another person rather than receiving it from themselves or, or, or getting it within themselves. So now we look at the practice, we look at the tradition, and we're looking at our internal work. And if our internal work is not being, being done and, and really worked on and really like we're receiving the, the joy, the happiness, the contentment, the peace, it's going to manifest to the outside and it's not going to be shown. It's not going to be, we're not going to have it. We can only hold for so long 
before it shows to the outside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ashe. Uh, we have about uh, 27 minutes left in the show. We certainly do appreciate your questions, your comments, your requests. The phone lines are still open at area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. Remember to press the number one on your telephone keypad. You can also join us here uh, live on screen by way of your webcam and, and device microphone. I just entered the link in the chat. I also uh, have the link scrolling at the at the bottom of the the page. So we would certainly appreciate your active participation. Um, let's see. I wanted to respond to some things in the chat. Yeah. Um, Orisha said just looking at Ori as a mental health check. Uh, the Goddess Initiative says she feels as if Ifa is mental health. Yes. And and just maybe people don't quite have that understanding. Ifa is total health. Ifa is, I don't know if everybody remembers, back in uh, maybe about 15, 20 years ago, there was something called the health rider. And the health rider was talking about total, total health, right? Well, Ifa is that. Ifa is total health. Ifa gives you the opportunity to have help in all areas of your life. But it's up to you to be able to be willing to accept it, to receive it, to acknowledge it, and to do the work that is necessary to manifest that full healing within all areas of your life. That's right. That's right. I can't tell you how often people come and, you know, the question is, I want a reading about my love life. And then the FA starts talking about health, wellness, finances, career, education, personal life path choices. And again, here in the West, we have either externalized our sense of wholeness. What do I have? What do I own? What can I possess? What can I buy? What can I hold on to? Or we have... Um, completely reduce spirituality and religion down to just remedial, you know, fix my life, help me to win the lotto, you know, heal my cousin. And we don't see it in its fullness, in its 360-degree range. We don't see it in its totality. You were mentioning what Odoo might say. And, and I think some people listening to us don't realize that Odoo sometimes talks about what you can and cannot eat. Food you should mm-hmm. avoid, you know, environments that you should avoid. Some of you should yeah. not be going out at night. Some of you shouldn't be going out alone. Some of you should stop visiting the places that you used to visit. I mean, it's very, very detailed. I call it a capsule of information. Uh, and Odoo is like a capsule of information. And, and when you open it, it just explodes out to the, to the very ends of the universe. And so it can touch everything in its path. And and when we isolate my love from what I'm doing with my health, when we isolate my health from what I'm doing in my career, we're really dividing up ourselves in in a way that's not 
useful. You know, we can have all the money in the world. You can have the best career in the world. But if your health is in the toilet, what does it really mean to you? What does it really mean to you? I've heard people say, you know, I just want my man back. I don't care if we're homeless and on the street. What does that really, you know, what does that really mean? Is, is, is that some romantic notion? Or are we really disconnected from how interrelated our lives are to nature? A neophyte Bokor, um, welcome, beloved. Did you have a question, comment, or request? Uh, this is more um, just kind of a
don't necessarily line up. It's not exactly synced up yet. Mm-hmm. You got to do your due diligence and figure out where the synchronization comes in. Uh, that's that's just my personal take on that. Uh, uh, thanks again for having me on today. I certainly appreciate you. I think a large part of that is to understand that Orisha, the first three letters of Orisha are Ori. So within, you know, the understanding that Ori is the first letters of Orisha, there's a a correlation, of course, then, between Ori and Orisha. The Orisha are manifested already in you. So you might have an Orisha that steps up to be the one that is leading your path, or an Orisha that was the one of your family back generations. But your Orisha speaks to a lot of the challenges, struggles, as well as blessings that are within you. If you are one of Oshun, you might be one that has to worry about certain things. You have to worry about the image that you see in yourself. You got to worry about speaking negatively about yourself. You got to worry about uh, uh, the beauty that you see in others, right? So, therefore, the Orisha that is kind of walking with you, at least at the time, is the one that is illuminating, making you look in the mirror to what it is that you got to work on every day, the challenges you might face every day, and what potential blessings that you can manifest from doing this work and working in alignment with your Orisha, working in alignment with your ancestors, working in alignment with the God. You are your ancestors, and your ancestors are you. It's the same thing with your Orisha. You are your Orisha, and your Orisha is you. Ashe, Ashe, and Arisha shows great appreciation for you, um, cousin, and, and that's why Ashe, and that's one of the reasons, uh, Arisha, that I have him on the show. Um, you all know I'm Voodoo and Voodoo. I, I just know a lot about Ifa, um, but I would rather have someone who's authentic, operating in the tradition that I can refer people to, that can come on and share and teach. That can help us with our grammar and our pronunciation. Um, and, and so I'm grateful that he has also chosen to not just come and show up once and, and disappear on me, but to, to really be a part of this this audience. So we're, we're grateful for you, cousin, and the audience um, indeed is. There aren't very many people who teach and explain and can go into detail about Ifa and what it is quite like you and I do. Um, And so I get a lot of positive feedback from that. I'm sure you do, you know, as well. Um, So we're grateful. I give thanks to everybody. And I'm grateful that you uh, you all allow me a platform to share a little bit. And hopefully something that is said will always continue to benefit you in your practice, no matter what it is that you're practicing. Spirituality to me, is universal, and if spirituality is universal, we all should be able to have something, take something, receive something from the practices that are here. Even if we don't in specific do that in our practice, we also, we all should be able to receive 
and be able to 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 accept uh, something that is true. Truth is always going to be true. So, you know, I I pray that each one of you continue on your journey, continue on your path, continue practicing whatever tradition you choose to practice. Just just embody it internally. You you don't hear me speak a lot of verses and, and such. I try to make this practice or try to share with you from a viewpoint of practicality that will allow you to embody these things, to grow, expand, and evolve in a practical sense. And if I can do that, then I feel that you guys can take what it is that I'm trying to share and offer you and embody it deeply within you. And then the the scriptures and the verses, all of those things will come. I say, I say. Uh, Neophyte Bokor, welcome back, beloved. Did, did you have more you wanted to share? We got about uh, 15 minutes left in the show. I uh, just wanted to uh, uh, be really simple, not take up too much time and let that go. Uh, are, any of, are any of the millennials uh, out there that are still lost like I was? I come back here uh, basically because I was there, and it's scary. Very scary. There are no shortcuts in this. I know because I don't went down some of those paths. Those aren't shortcuts. They're not. They're just not. Trust me. Um, they're more like a pitfall. A trap. You know, they're, they're set up there, I, I believe, purposely. Mm-hmm. I, I strongly believe that those places that you go to be, be trying to do this on your own, I personally believe that these, some of these things were put there on purpose. They don't seem like accidents, like just coincidence that this thing is there, this thing is there. Um, the, the Celtics have their practices, and then you have witchcraft have their practices. These things are these are shortcuts. These are purposely put traps, in my personal opinion. And cases like here, like this platform, or or places where I feel confident I can come in and get the right teaching. That way, I, I, I'm not doing something stupid. Just to be honest, I, I'm doing something that's ridiculous. Um, I love research, and everything that I go into, uh, there's a reason behind it. I've seen it somewhere. I saw it uh, performed on a movie. Uh, I like watching the, uh, uh, the how things are made, the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. all the extras, just so I can get some references so I can go and do some separate studying. And just personal opinion, mm-hmm. it's a trap. <laughs> These things are traps. Listen, I, I hear you saying traps, and, and, I'm, and I'm going to allow you your truth, your experience. Um, I like detours. Or, or even distraction in some cases. Now, mm-hmm. I heard you suggest that there might even be some will, some conscious intent behind it. Well, you know, mm-hmm. you and I agree on, in that part. I, I believe COINTELPRO and many other organizations w- within the world um, are still seeking to capture the black mind. 
the black mm-hmm. consciousness, the, the black sense of belief, and, and, and who and what and where we turn to for power. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I do agree with you that, you know, there might be a conscious effort to discourage by providing so much information and so many detours that we all just end up, end up out in the field. You know, and, and the goal is, is, is way up on the mountaintop. Um, I do believe that there's a way to navigate that successfully, as my cousin has, has shared, as I shared. You know, you got to be willing to ask questions. You got to be willing to research. You got to be willing to communicate with people who are uh, actively involved, you know, in, in the tradition. But I agree with you. Um, and I don't necessarily want to start a... Uh, a battle with the church or, or with other outside religions, but um, it's not to their best interest that people are abandoning the pews. Now, people are abandoning the pews and are just going back out into the world. They're okay with that. But if people are abandoning the pews and are now converting to something else, now they're looking at generational inheritance. So my cousin's children, we know they're going to be in E5. Neophyte Bokur, your, your children will be products of, of, of a father who was a Bokur. I, I said it to Arisha last night, that, and, and we actually talked about it a month ago, but we repeated it again last night. There is no excuse for any generation behind us now to say that they didn't know, they didn't hear, I saw something being worked in private, but I don't know exactly what was going on. We're erasing all of those excuses. The the Internet does its own job in providing that sort of torrent river of of constant information. But we should then take that information and and allow that curiosity to cause us to dig deeper and seek opinions. You know, I, I might ask my cousin, what does this mean? I might ask a, a Babalawa in Nigeria, what does this mean? I might speak to a practitioner in Ghana, what does this mean? And, and get a consensus, you know, on, on what's happening. But for some of us, that just sounds like a lot of work. That just sounds like a lot of effort. And, you know, I've always, you know, felt that I had to give. But I'm at an age now. Um, where, and Baba, you said this early in the show, we can't force it on you. Mm-hmm. We can't make you toe the line. We can't mm-hmm. make you, you know, do or not, or not do. And there has to come a point when our elders, our teachers, our leaders have to stand back and allow you to walk in your journey. One mm-hmm. of my godmothers is, in my head, Iyama Van Zandt, um, she, not only has, does she say that all the time, I, we've seen her demonstrate that live on the show. Mm-hmm. When she's had a guest that just wasn't, the little girl who was stolen from her mother at birth, that child wasn't having it. And her family was not prepared for what Iyama had in store, you know, for them. And so, you know, we remain prayerful that just maybe they reunite again in the future. Mm-hmm. Just maybe she gets mm-hmm. a little bit older and says, you know what, I had no clue what you were talking about back then. You know, being in the basement, being in the attic, going back mm-hmm. to the womb. But now I get it. And 
you know, and maybe even be thankful, you know, to her. It's been my experience, uh, as I shared earlier in the show, I've had some godchildren that thought they were magical wizards in 30 days, only to come back six months later, a year later, and just unload just drama, you know, that, that they are now consciously aware of that they opened the door to, that they allowed to come in. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes when you're hiking, when you're moving through the forest, through the woods, it's best to stay on the path. That's right. That fruit tree might look tempting. That river over there might be interesting. But you better make sure you you, you got to lead back to the path. <laughs> you know, you better be sure that those trees don't close in behind you and now you're lost, you know, in the wilderness. And this is something that all religions teach in their own way. Church folks have a way of saying it, you know, about neglecting the the fellowship of of the community. Muslims have a way of saying it. Uh, Yes, Alola Noble, some shortcuts are not just detours, but dead ends. Yeah, and so all religions to some degree talk about loyalty and consistency, not to man or to a particular leader, but to self. And, and, and as my cousin said, keep marching to your goal. Don't, don't, don't lose sight of where you're, where you're headed. Uh, and for me, sometimes those challenges become almost like a game for me because I'm so sure about where I'm going. And then when the challenges show up, I say, see, that's, that's the devil. <laughs> you're right there. That's the distraction right there. And, and I laugh and I wipe the dust from my feet. And hand sanitized, and I keep moving. Mm-hmm. I keep moving. Uh, some of our competitors, some of my haters, you know, you all expect me to faint. You mm-hmm. all expect me to stop. You all expect me to some, sit down and, and be quiet. I, I don't know what you expect, but every time the rock comes, every time the rock is thrown, every time the negative email comes, every time the shady comment comes, how many times have y'all seen me sit down in the last 12 years? I'm talking to some of these people in the room that's been with me since Katrina. How many times have you seen me sit down? And 30 days, something else is happening. I'm coming out of another production. So we, we're not loving ourselves enough sometimes, I think, to be patient. We aren't loving ourselves enough sometimes to say, let me just sit down, be quiet, and just pay attention to what's going on and see if I can't figure out what these people are doing in this room. Why am I sitting on this mat and with all this activity that's that's going on? We, We expect to, and this is a Western trait, we expect to all be highly educated. The truth is we aren't, not all of us. It's some degree folks in the room. It's some self-educated folk in the room. But Americans, we ain't the brightest group in the global scale of things. That Nigerian memory never ceases to amaze me. The ability of what these uh, Arabas and and Babalaos are able to memorize. We don't have to memorize because we got devices and we got backups. And we got help, and we have all these aids, you know, 
So I think it's really about loving yourself. I love myself enough to go through. I love myself long enough to stay here and get what I need. I love myself long enough to figure out what it is that I'm not getting, what it is that I'm not seeing here that's being expressed to me. It's, it's really about love. It's not about being challenged. It's not about, you know, trying to sort of judge and, and, and be critical about your belief or what you believe or what you understand. But, but there has to come a place where we love ourselves enough to get what we need, to, to be quiet enough. And I say to be quiet because you can't hear and talk at the same time. You can't hear and then tell me what it should be at the same time. And sometimes I, I get that in, in, a, in a consultation. Too quick to interrupt. I ain't even got to the period of my, of my statement yet. You know, and that's because we, we, we're narrow-minded in on to one thing. And often that one thing is some external demonstration, some mm-hmm. external response. So we got to love ourselves enough to be patient and to, to really do some investigating and some research and some understanding into these traditions. Uh, oh, wow, we got maybe three minutes. But um, if you want a cousin, speak to Osane. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. And, and why he's rarely mentioned or called upon. And Dark So Joy, if you allow me, I'm going to add to your question. Why he is rarely mentioned and called upon in the American context of what Arisha is. She had to answer that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. So, Osayan is one, is, is a uh, Orisha that, you know, Many people just don't have the, the knowledge of. We use Osayan for the herbs, and so we use Osayan when we're about to do ritual, and so we need Osayan's blessing, we ask Osayan's blessing for the use of the herbs, that his, his energy will be with the herbs to help us uh, to, to do what we need with it, whether it's healing whether it is to be added energy and power uh, on the arrow and stuff like that. So a lot of people really don't have a deeper wisdom and knowledge of working with those signs. Those signs is one on its own, you know. He's, he, he's one on its own. And so I believe, it's only my perspective, it's only my thinking, that People just don't know or have enough of the knowledge to work with Osayan and Deepa. Osayan itself, by himself, for many of the elders, has its own divination practices. Mm-hmm. 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 And so when you go deep, deep, deep with it, and you know who elders are that can give you um, directly from Osayan, that that's that's a very special a very very special uh, thing. So I think that we just have to go deeper in learning the different aspects of Osayan. Who is he? Who is he the brother of? What's the story of Shambo and Osayan? You know all of those things. A lot of people don't know a lot of those stories. So it's just a deeper study that people have to do in order to understand how to work with Osayan. Well, I say. And my last statement is um, 
as many of you have heard me say, voodoo is nature. Ifa is nature. Uh, my elders told me there isn't much you can do without Osang. In voodoo, there, there's nothing you can do without loco and, and the plants and the trees and, and the herbs. Uh, so I, I think also we don't hear about it as much uh, as my cousin sort of suggested because higher level individuals, people who've been in this tradition the longest, our elders, if you will, are going to have a much stronger database about that Orisha and how to work mm-hmm. in that Orisha, our formulas and, and recipes and spells, if you will. And so the beginner may not necessarily be that exposed to that. Even some people who are in the tradition five or ten years may still not be aware of exactly what plants are going into mm-hmm. something, what is you know, being applied uh, sure. in terms of nature. So I appreciate you all. It's been another really great show. Um, I can't tell you how pleased I am. Of course, I'm grateful um, for my cousin's ability and willingness to be present here with us and share things from a, a more um, authentic Ifa perspective, and, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, unless you have something else to say, beloved, I'm going to close it up. Uh, there's only one thing that I have to say. Uh, a question was asked a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, about the difference between Rumelec and Imolec. And so I want to kind of, because I did not give a full definition then, and I always want to be careful because these, these streams are for the world to see. Rumelec, the, the emissaries were, uh, that were sent down by a little model. Imolec, the original bodies that were here in Ineese, that is Imole. They are the original peoples that were there in Ileefe before anybody came in from different places to assimilate with them. That is the, the that is the the, the main difference between a sent by Alurumare down here to begin the process of developing the earth and Imole, the original people of Ileefe before any people came in to disseminate and to amalgamate with them. Wow, that's that's the the, the best clarity I've ever heard in, in terms of, of defining those two words. Yes, yeah, so indeed I'm grateful. So I give thanks to each and every one of you, and I, I'm grateful that you guys allow me uh, here with you all. Every week is a learning experience for myself as I like learn from different perspectives and thoughts from my cousin, from Denise and others. I'm grateful for that opportunity. We all have to have open mind and open heart, open spirit. We all have an opportunity to expand, evolve, and grow. So I Congo Square. The almost Indian. The Omus Indian prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. 
the almost Indians prepared this place for That was another great episode. I'm grateful. Centuries before our arrival. And I appreciate, again, I appreciate you. Congo Square, a sacred spot um, where corn festivals were celebrated. Here. It's not like I'm demanding you. And as the colonizers came. The more you're here, the more appreciative I am. Our host, <laughs> the almost Indians. They pushed aside our host. The colonizers came and pushed aside our host and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of so the Congo, we All right. somehow, All the and the how of our somehow, persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double Cross and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de gras cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate. A world harrowed by the beat. Be, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drums. Heart beat. Heart beat. Heart beat at this place. At this place. Be heart beat. Be, we beating place in new world space. Beating, being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace. Our dance is the God walk. Our music, the God talk. First thing we do, let's get together. 
circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end, connected together and singing, ringing, singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be banza music. And sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy. Must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate, whip out of us. Whoa. But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning, a sun day, a feel, a feel without shade, but dark, dark with the people black of us in various, various. Various shades eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember to beat to be beat Congo Square be Congo Square
remember. Remember. 